Hello, and welcome to New Hope Christian Fellowship with Pastor John Gilbert. The last time I saw you, you didn't have a beard. I did recognize you when you walked past. It's nice seeing you. Um, yes. So, by God's grace, this morning, we just want to turn to God's word again and um, hear what he has to tell us. I'm praying that God will speak directly to our hearts and encourage us, especially at this time. So, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for giving us this opportunity to meet like this, to share your word, to hear your word, to hear you speak to our hearts. Lord, we don't want to take it for granted. Thank you that we can sit and, and, and open the word of God and look at it and meditate upon it and think about it and pray to you asking you lord to open up our hearts lord we thank you other people around the world might want to do this kind of thing but they are not able to lord we are praying that we do not take this for granted we are praying that even as you speak to us we will not uh, take your instructions for granted we will listen to it we embrace it and apply it to our lives Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. We will open our Bibles to the first reading, which our brother had read to us. We'll just read it again. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, we'll read verse 1 and 2 and 3. And then we will go to Hebrews chapter 6 and read from verse 11 and 12. So let's take Hebrews 12 verse 1, 2 and 3. The Bible says, therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of god for consider him who endured such hostilities from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Hebrews chapter 6, I'm going to read verse 11 and 12. It says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence, to the full assurance of hope until the end so that you do not become sluggish but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises 
I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart, we speak to my heart, as we share the word of God together this um, morning. We have read two scriptures, and the first one we read was Hebrews 12, but we will, we will look at Hebrews 12 very closely. But I think we should start our discussion this morning from Hebrews chapter 6. So if you are in Hebrews 6, just follow me there. We are going to read it again and just trust God to speak to us even through that scripture. Now, beloved brethren, whether we like it or not, we are in the last days. As you can see, the world is undergoing a shaking. Two years ago, we did not know that the world could be in a lockdown. Isn't it? Two years ago. And like my brother was saying, we tend to plan for the future. Isn't it? But in the last two years, how much future planning could people actually do? You know, I realized in the last few year, two years, just as the COVID issue was unfolding, it was surprising to me that despite the organization of the world, including high-tech organization, all that was put on hold because of COVID. I did not know in my wildest dream or imagination that the healthcare system in the world could be could be at a loss on what to do. Scientists, with all their artificial technology, were all trying to scramble and see what they can do with the issue of COVID. Best healthcare systems were, were caught unawares. And it's just to point one fact to all of us, and I'm praying that we learn this. That whether we like it or not, human beings will still be human beings. Human beings are not God. No matter the planning, there is a lot of uncertainty everywhere. Even people with a lot of money, money failed them. I used to think, you know, if you have a lot of money, you can just, you know, go and get the best healthcare facility anywhere in the world, even with your money. Even with your money, you had millionaires who could not fly out anywhere. You know, they have private jets that they used to spend 45,000 pounds, maybe a day or a week, to keep in the airport. Those private jets were sitting there. Can you imagine? Private jets that you are paying money on couldn't move. That shows you the world we are in, despite the money. And, you know, as I was just praying about this morning's meeting, this scripture came. Let's look at Hebrews 6, verse 11. The Bible is saying, this is as if God is writing a letter to you and me. In verse 11, God is saying, we desire that each of you show the same, which translation is this? King James. Okay, let's. He says, We desire 
that every one of you show the same diligence to the few to the full assurance of hope unto the end Amen. what is that scripture saying he's saying beloved brethren that every one of us every one of us should be diligent in heart should be should be attentive should be actively seeking that you ensure that you have full assurance of your faith in Christ and you are not going to have this full assurance just for a while you shouldn't have this full assurance only for a few years when should you have it please up to the end end of what end of your journey on this side of eternity your faith in God despite all the shaking despite all the all the uncertainty despite everything that is happening please what's God telling us to do with all diligence we should have full assurance of our hope in Jesus up to the end okay that's a Greek word for it yes, yes. and what does that word mean in Greek in diligence, isn't it? Yes. So, what God is trying to challenge your heart and my heart with is, beloved brethren, is we need diligence. You know what diligence means? We need concerted focus of heart to have and hold on to the assurance of our faith. You need, you need to encourage yourself in God. To hold on to your faith up until the end. You see, I just thank God. You see, John had already started talking about what I was going to talk about. When you run a race, the Christian race is not a sprint. You know what a sprint is? On your marks, get set, go. And you start, you use all your energy and you start running. And you finish the 100 meters dash. Hmm? The Christian race is not like that. How I wish it was. That when you gave your life to Christ, you just say, oh Lord, thank you. I'm a Christian now. I go to heaven. I, I, I wish. But that's not it. The Christian race is a marathon. And at times, during a marathon, what happens? Have you seen marathon runners? Do you know what keeps them going? What keeps a marathon runner going? Endurance. Do you think a marathon runner is not tired? Let me ask you a question. When you see them running, and it's as if you see Mufara and all these other guys, isn't it? When they are running, is it that they are not tired? No. Eh? See, they have been running for the last one hour, two hours. Their legs are gone. But what keeps them going? They keep running. It's the finishing line. Beloved brethren, what's the Bible saying? Have full diligence eh? to, of assurance up to the end. Don't stop your Christian race halfway. Don't lose faith halfway, beloved brethren. 
if you are going to get to the end and Jesus will congratulate you and say well done my servant welcome home you need to keep going and you don't just you are, you are not sluggish about it the reason why you should not be sluggish about it is because if you start walking doing a marathon how long do you take, take it will how long do you, will it take you to finish the marathon <laughs> have you seen people who decide and they say okay i'm going to walk the marathon do you know how long it takes three days, <laughs> 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 three days. you know that's not see even when you are tired in the marathon you keep going even if it's slow because all you are doing is you want to finish so the bible is telling me and you with full um, with the same diligence with fiery heartly diligence with diligence of heart you know what diligence is you are applying your all into it don't be half-hearted hold on to the full assurance of faith verse 12 says so that you do not become sluggish do you see the word of god you know what sluggish is the word of god is saying apply diligence unto the assurance of faith so that you do not become lazy so that you do not become um, indolent maybe i'm using big big words sluggish means you are you are half-hearted you are lazy about it please by the mercies of god i beg you don't be lazy about your faith anything that you need everything that you need to grow in jesus please give it your all everything you need if it means you need to wake up early in the morning to study your the bible please don't worry it doesn't matter go for it you are going to be well off for it you need every diligence so that you will not be sluggish that's what the bible is saying verse 12. he now went ahead to say but imitate eh? imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise beloved brethren there is a great promise for you and me if we get to the end look at just put verse 12 on in king james it says so that you do not be slothful slothful means lazy lazy sluggish but you are followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise so beloved brethren what's god telling us keep going so that you can imitate those and we are going to look at our model who is jesus he himself passed through his own race as a son of man on this earth we're going to look at it why did jesus endure we'll see it and when the bible says imitate those who through faith and promise inherit who through faith and patience inherit the promise jesus is one of the people we have to imitate and by the grace of god we'll see maybe uh, our time might not allow it but we'll see others maybe one or two who through faith and prom- through faith and patience inherited the promise so let's go to hebrews 12. remember the scripture we read hebrews 12. look at what the bible is telling us this is how we can not be slothful 
Eh? How we can be diligent in this our Christian race. Verse 1 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the Bible is saying, lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. So the first thing we should take note of there in running this Christian race, beloved brethren, is let us lay aside. Don't allow that bad habit. The Bible is saying lay it aside. That inconvenience that has not helped you grow in the things of God, the Bible is saying lay it aside. Every weight and sin. There is no way you can run. Eh? You know, it amazes me when you see all those marathon runners. Some of them wear one big costume. When we wear a, a massive um, a dinosaur or a letter box, a post box, and it's running. Have you seen such people win the marathon? Massive, massive caricatures. They wait. They say they are running the marathon. Let's look at this one now. Tell me. How is he going to run? How far can he go? Some of them is just for joke and play. They are not serious about running. They just... <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, that's what they are doing. Running. See, can you imagine running with this? 28 miles. How many miles? 26. With this. <laughs> Wait and see. Can you imagine as a Christian, you carry that baggage that you should have dropped at the foot of the cross. But you are still running. You say, Lord Jesus, you know, this marathon is hard. Ah, ah, and you are carrying the sin. So the Bible is saying, lay it aside so that you can be light. Oh, let me tell you. A child was trying to describe the second coming of Jesus on the rapture. Guess what the child told the father? He said, Daddy, I'm lighter than you. So when Jesus comes, I'll go first because you are too heavy. Ha! Wonderful. And his wisdom, I know it's, you, you laugh about it, but what's the, child, what's the child's thinking? Daddy, I need to be light so that when Jesus comes, I'm off. That is the same thing for us as Christians. Don't, please, I beg you, if you are carrying any weight, that has weighed you down. What's the Bible saying? Look at the word of God. Lay it aside. Trust God. And let me tell you, that is why Jesus came. To take your burdens away. What did the Bible say in Matthew 11, verse 29? Do you remember? It says, come unto me, all you that are labored and heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. Jesus, his job is to take away that heavy burden. That's, that's why he came. So that we don't carry it. Because on this Christian race, you can't afford to carry it. It will weigh you down. It's the famous one. Is it John Bunyan? Yes, in Pilgrim's Progress. Yes. You know? It's going to weigh you down. Look at that same um, Hebrews 12. It says... Lay aside every weight and sin which so easily enslaves us and let us run with endurance. Do you hear? You run the Christian race with what? Endurance. At times on the Christian race, beloved brethren, 
You meet people who will offend you. You meet people who will annoy you. They will do terrible things to you. And the Bible encourages you to forgive, isn't it? If you don't have endurance to forgive, how can you carry on running the race properly? That's why this issue of endurance is important. When you are running a race, you need endurance. Why? Because you can be tired. There is no everlasting man, beloved brethren. You can just be watching the news, the next thing. Boris Johnson will just make one announcement. It's so annoying, and then you just be angry for the next 12 hours. Eh? You can make an announcement. Um, um, great British people, you know, um, because we need to plug the gap in our finances, there is going to be an increase in tax. But please, don't worry. Everything will be fine. You'll be, be optimistic. You know, we are building a post-Brexit Britain. So, we are going to collect 100, 100 pounds from your money from now on. And you just get and say, oh, as his, as his wife pushing that his hair, he normally doesn't comb. You are just annoyed. <laughs> but what do you need, please? You need patience. You need endurance. You need to overlook those things and look up to God and say, God, even if Boy Johnson collects another 120 pounds for my salary, Lord, I ask you, just provide. Do you understand? Even if there is foil scarcity eh, and it extends past Christmas, what should you do, please? Look up and say, Lord, help me. When there is a need for fuel, provide. Lord, direct me to those filling stations that don't have long queues. <laughs> yes! That is how to navigate this world, beloved brethren. We cannot see. America has no problems. UK, you know, the other day somebody was saying, I'm just going to leave this country. I will go to Canada. I said, Canada has its own. When you get there now, you say you want to go to Australia. And then you get to Australia, has its own problem. You say, no, it's Japan. Let me go to Japan. Then you get to Japan. Then earthquake will chase you from there. Then you leave Japan and you say you want to go to, to New Zealand. You understand? The world is shakeable. There are problems all over. The solution is to look up and not to look down. I pray God will give you wisdom. Let's move on. Our time is going. Look at it. Look at verse 2. After running the race with endurance, while running, sorry, while running the race with endurance, what's the Bible telling us in verse 2? It said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We need to look unto Jesus. The reason is because Jesus has run this race before. Let's look at how we ran it. Look at this. Look at it. The Bible said, Who for the joy that was set before him? What did he do? He endured the cross. Do you see? Even Jesus had to endure. You know we were saying in verse 1, why we need endurance for our own race. Do you remember? Jesus himself needed endurance for his own race. He needed to endure. Can you imagine those soldiers? For Jesus, those soldiers, they blindfolded him, gave him a slap. Bah! Prophesy, man of God, who slapped you? I want to ask you, if you were Jesus, eh, and somebody slapped you and said, um, people, 
many soldiers kidnapped you and slapped you privately and said prophesy who slapped you what will you do you know i was thinking about it as the as that man is trying to slap me i'll just say may your hand hang there let it hang let your hand be frozen for the next six hours let that hand just be there the hand you want to use to slap me let it just be there jesus didn't do that they spat on him they kicked him they laughed at him he endured do you see jesus that's why we don't have an option we only have to keep looking at him look at it the bible said looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him do you see for jesus a joy was set before him do you understand the joy of glory the joy of 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 subduing the enemy forever and ever and ever and ever the joy that he was going to go and sit in heaven on the right hand side of his father now i want to ask you a question beloved christian do you know you two have a joy set before you you have a joy set before you the problem is we don't see that joy we don't know that there is a better place every time there are problems in this world don't don't look down look up remind yourself that you are going home you are just passing by do you remember jacob they asked him how old are you he said the days and the years of my pilgrimage are a hundred and forty something years he knew he was just passing through when next they ask you your age tell them eh? i'm telling you just tell them you know if you are 16 say you know my pilgrimage on this earth is only 16 years so far you are a pilgrim this is not your home there's a joy set before you do you see that joy do you imagine that joy when you don't imagine that joy you will have big problems i remember just we were talking in the car and i was saying ah it's good to just be thinking about heaven you know i was saying if you are driving you are just thinking about heaven then one of the children cracked the joke he said ah don't think about heaven all the time i said ah why i should think about heaven he said if you have an accident you might go to heaven on time you understand the joke it might look as if you are thinking about heaven all the time but please as god will help you think about heaven the more you think about heaven you'll be your heart will not settle on this earth you will have a focus of jesus all the time so beloved brethren what's the bible telling us a joy was set before jesus he endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of god that is our master jesus that is the example he showed us we too need to have this joy set before us now i'm just going to read i want you to look at isaiah 42 very quickly we are still looking at jesus my time is up we will not, we will not be able to talk about all the other people who we can imitate who too through patience and faith have obtained the promise but let's let's spend the rest of the time to just concentrate on our lord who is our model the lord jesus look at isaiah 42 isaiah 42 
talking about Jesus here, I'm just going to read from verse 1 to verse 4. Look at it. The Bible is saying, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice. Nor cause his voice, he will not cry out or raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands shall wait for his law. That is the Lord Jesus. Talking about the Lord Jesus. That verse 1 talks about God. Talking about his son Jesus. He said, Behold, my servant, whom I uphold. Do you see here God talking? God upholds his servant. Excuse me. If God upheld Jesus, will God not uphold you? Do you understand? Because the servant God was talking about here was Jesus. And if you've given your heart to Jesus, you are a representative of Jesus. You are another junior Jesus. You know you are the junior brother, you are the junior sister of Jesus. And if the Bible is saying, Behold my servant, whom I uphold. If Jesus is the person that, is, that God is talking about here, God is indirectly saying, He will also uphold you. Because of time, we won't go through all the verses. But please, let's look at verse, verse 4. He says, the Bible says, Jesus, talking about Jesus, He will not fail nor be discouraged. You see the Bible? Even for Jesus, the Bible said, He will not fail nor be discouraged. Excuse me. Do you think Jesus can be discouraged too? Yes. Jesus had the potential to be discouraged. If he didn't have the potential, why did he pray in the Garden of Gethsemane? Do you remember the prayer he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? The Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed. The Bible said he prayed with so much agony, it was as if his sweat was like drops of blood. He was under immense stress. The Bible said, you know, he told his disciples, pray along with me. He said, I am sorrowful unto death. That was Jesus. He needed strength from above so that he could go to the cross. There was pressure on him to be discouraged. But what did Jesus do, please? He went and prayed. And the Bible said, the angels came and ministered strength to him. What does that teach you and me? When I'm, when I'm under stress, when the pressure is much, what should I do, please? Follow the example of Jesus. Go and fall your face flat before God for strength. If Jesus had to pray, how much more you? Do you know that's what challenges my own heart? The almighty Jesus, the great Jesus, the miracle worker, the man who just raised the dead. If Jesus needed to pray, as a human being, isn't it? As a son of man, why are you thinking 
you don't need to pray. Why are you thinking you can pass through life on your own? Why are you thinking that you can ignore the great helper? Why are you thinking you can just be independent? We were not designed to be like that. The, Lord, the Bible says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. How much care can you carry yourself? Tell me. How much? You know, at times, even in my piece of work, you, there, there can be so much stress, and you just want to just collapse. Honestly, that is the human, that's the life we are living. That's the life we are living. But if we cannot carry, we are not designed to carry stress ourselves, what are we to do? Let's call on him. That's why he's there. So for Jesus, the Bible said, he will not be discouraged. Discouraged. You know, I was thinking about that word this morning. Discouraged. Eh? That means it's a root word from courage. Isn't it? Yes. This. D-I-S. You are removing courage. It's just like disgrace. Grace is there. Then you are removing grace. You should have courage. But your courage is not just empty courage. Your courage will be in God. So if Jesus too was discouraged. You know, I was reading about Jesus. They just killed John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Do you remember? They killed John the Baptist. And the Bible said they came and told Jesus. And he had to seclude himself. He had to go away quietly. He was discouraged. As a human being. But every time I look at Jesus, I'm always seeing a perfect example in him. When he's discouraged, you go and pray. You go and call upon his father. When you are discouraged, why do you complain up and down? That's natural human being, isn't it? You will complain. But please learn to run to God. Your complaints do not solve the problem. You know, we're reading the story of how the disciples were in a boat with Jesus. And the waves came. Do you remember that story? The waves came. And the disciples shouted. Lord, don't you care that we perish? You know that is a complaint, not a prayer. You know there's a difference between, Lord, save me, we are perishing. Do you understand? That's a prayer. But when you shout, Ah, God, can't you, don't you care? I'm going to die, and you are sleeping. That's a complaint, not a cry for help. So what's God teaching us? Let's follow our example, Jesus. Who cried on God for help? It is not, see, let me, I pray you understand that God wants me and you to be vulnerable before him. There is no macho man before God or macho woman. There's nothing like that. <laughs> if you are a macho man and you think you have all the strength, you will be humbled. In fact, the Bible says God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. I pray you will always be humble before God. I pray you understand that the only way to live in this life is to 
is to be like Jesus here. The Bible said he endured the cross because of the joy that was before him. I pray this morning that that joy, you will not ignore it. The joy of your salvation, the joy you have in God, that even if you close your eyes in death now, you will open it before him. That's a great joy. That's a great comfort. Beloved brethren, the world is not our home. It's not your home. I don't know how you feel when you travel. Okay, you've not traveled in a long time, isn't it? Because of COVID. <laughs> but when you travel, you travel abroad and all that, what happens when you're coming back home? Don't you have a sense of, ah, I'm coming to rest. Isn't it? Because you're coming home. Let that be your attitude when you think about heaven. Let that be your attitude. Carry that consciousness that this world is not my home. I am just it. I'm just passing by. May the Lord help us. May the Lord grant us. May the Lord encourage our hearts. Even as we keep running this Christian race. May God give you more stamina. When you are discouraged, I pray that the Holy Spirit will encourage your heart and you'll, be, you'll pick up again. That the fire of God that is beginning to die down, the Lord will add his spiritual fuel to it so that it can keep burning and burning and burning and burning so that even if jesus christ studies for the next 20 years you are still on fire for god you are still running your race you've not dropped out may god help us let us pray just in your heart just talk to god briefly ask him to help you We've read in scriptures very clearly that with the same diligence we, do, we should hold on to the full assurance of our faith and hope unto the end. Why don't you pray quietly now and ask the God and say, Lord, I want you to strengthen my heart. Strengthen my heart, O oh Lord. Lord, when I'm weak, I pray that you will uphold me. You uphold your servant, Jesus. Lord, I ask that you uphold me. Thank you for joining us today. We meet at Grove Hill Community Center at 11.30 p.m in Hemel Hempstead. God bless you.